is up, everybody? This is another episode of 314 Punk, and this episode is with the one, the only, the legendary leaving of fear, the man himself. Uh, so stoked to have leaving join us on this podcast. It was it's really cool to hear him share some stories about um, you know back in the day being pioneers of punk. And um, yeah, I really hope you guys enjoy this. Um, so on this episode, I'm also joined with Don Bastard from Bastard Squad, the record space, the record label. You know him. Um, he's been on this podcast several times now um, as a co-host, a host, a guest, um, all kinds of stuff. So um, uh, thank you so much, Don, for joining. And you can see Wes Hoffman and Friends, Bastard Squad, and Fear at Red Flag on Saturday, July 23rd. That's coming up. It's this Saturday. And you can also, um, there's a meet and greet on the day before, that Friday, July 22nd at the Record Space. So make sure to check out those events. Go to both of them if you can. Um, they're going to be just, it's going to be an awesome weekend filled with awesome punk rock. So, um Without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and jump straight into this episode with Don Bastard and Leaving a Fear. Awesome. So I'll, I'll officially kick it off. This is 314 Punk. I'm here with my good friend Don from Bastard Squad. How you doing, Don? How's it going, Wes? Doing good. great. Good. How you doing, man? Returning guest and host and now co-host. Yeah, <laughs> um, Don Don Bastard, and then we have Leaving a Fear. How you doing, brother? Doing fine, man. Thank you for asking. How are you guys today? Doing great. Yeah, I'm doing great too. The legendary <laughs> Leaving. The legendary. <laughs> In some circles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In our circle. <laughs> In our circle, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, uh, tell us. Lee, when was the last time that you came to St. Louis? Uh, was on a fear tour. We'd come to play, uh, and uh, I'm being I'm being prompted by my manager. <laughs> it's time it's time to be time to be talking to you guys. Yeah, we're, we're way ahead of it. Actually, Lee, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last time you were here, did you? I think everybody said you played a solo set, acoustic thing. At a little place. Entirely, entirely possible. Who was that with? I, I'm not oh, sure who it was with. Was I know that playing that, Fear songs? Yeah, yeah, acoustic. Uh, it was like a little acoustic set over... Uh, I don't remember where they said it was at. I missed the show. I actually knew about it, but I missed it. But the last time Fear played, I actually was there. That was at Fubar, and I think you were playing with uh, Agent Orange, uh, D.I., and Total Chaos. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, that was like... Uh, 2011 or something like that so like 10 years right. ago, 11 years ago yeah right that was an amazing show by the way <laughs> oh thank As you always. thank you very much it was, yeah. it's, it's always great to get out and play yeah it's I was places where you haven't been for, yeah. for a while it's I, I'm curious uh, how did you feel about the uh, the show at the Misfits in Chicago oh it was great yeah, yeah I was I there too <laughs> I had a good time yeah, that was a pretty big crowd, and uh, great to see you up there. That was a great set. Oh, man, thank you, thank you. And thank you to the Misfits, and uh, the Misfits are doing it again. 
Yeah, and uh, you're actually playing the day that they're playing at uh, Riot Fest. So Misfits yes. are playing that Saturday, and you're playing earlier in the day. Oh, so they're, we are both Fear and Misfits playing this this week. Uh, and, and no, so at the Riot Fest show. Oh, the Riot Fest show. When yeah, is uh, September 17th or 18th, I think. Right. Yep, yeah, you'll be playing with them again. <laughs> so, Lee, how, how long have you officially been doing what you've been doing? Uh, I started this band approximately 1978, approximately. Mm-hmm. Maybe a tad before that, okay. maybe a tad after it. But it was uh, by, by virtue of having seen and heard some things all at the same time. One of them was, of course, the Sex Pistols record. Both Sex Pistols records. I was a big fan. I thought it was great, and, and they had it pretty well down. And uh, so I was inspired by that and began to look for players. And uh, I found Durf Scratch first, then uh, Spit Sticks and then Philo Kramer. And we were that band up until very recently. And could be again. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I would always be happy to have them, those people I just mentioned, join in uh, with whoever else was, was doing it at the time. And uh, that would be cool. And I'm still in touch with everybody. Yeah, and Spit's still in the band, right? Yes, Spit's still in the band. Yeah. So when everything was happening around that time, 1978, like when punk was kind of starting to birth itself for a little bit, you know, it was starting to kind of come about. You talked about the Sex Pistols and everything. Did you, did you kind of, like what was happening in California at the time? How, what was the, the music scene like? Well, going back to Brendan again, therefore. He had a basement, burnout basement that was brick that he painted black. And that's where he lived. And that's where he started to put shows on. Uh, I'm, I'm wanting to make the quotation marks, the <laughs> punk rock shows. Because the, the, the punk rock world in California, in Los Angeles, existed primarily in Brendan's head. It wasn't reality. It was something that we heard about. We, most of us who were interested in rock and roll generally, or that sort of thing, the punk rock thing specifically, would have followed the Sex Pistols progress as they came through during one of their national tours or something like that. And uh, would have also been busy starting their own group, as I was, and trying to find players who could play that fast was no easy job. And I wanted it to be to be fast, and I wanted it to inspire the audience to slam dance. <laughs> and that all sort of took care of itself. Yeah. They seemed to know what to do, and it inspired me to make the songs that I was writing, which I thought were already slight, slightly or more so egregious in both the lyrics and the rhythm. But... Uh, I was always looking for another nth degree faster or uh, more 
more troublesome of uh, with its lyrical content. <laughs> and you guys actually had uh, back then too, like producers or engineers in the studio didn't even know how to handle punk bands, right? Right. They didn't know how to record it or what to, what it was or where they were confused. Right. They needed to be have it explained to them. Yeah. And uh, that that was my job at that point. And I fell right into it. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Right. You know, not everybody got the message. Some people did. And uh, our band was getting great. Yeah. Playing really fast. And uh, Philo's guitar playing was great. And uh, Durf and Spit and me locked up really good. And uh, we were playing every place in L.A. where they would have this kind of thing. Right. And that was Brendan's places and lots of the other places. There was a, a biker bar in the valley um, where we got to play a couple of times. Right. Fear did. And uh, lots of places in L.A. Some more artistically derivative bars right. that we were having punk rock and we were we were playing every place they would have us and uh recording our first record so as as fear started to take off you know was there a certain point where you felt like okay we're really starting to make it here and and that punk rock in general was like starting to become more of a of a mainstream and 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 don you kind of mentioned that producers didn't know what you were trying to do was there was there a point where like you felt like it was really starting to catch on and what was that point well, probably around the time where john belushi had come to town for us to meet he was a fan of that kind of music and uh he was still on the show saturday night live i mean and got us on to saturday night live as musical guests and that made me suspicious that it might be possible that this heretofore forbidden style of music was catching on. And I was very happy about that. And we attempted to take full advantage of it because right after we played Saturday Night Live, we went out and did another cross-country tour. And I noticed that the crowds were bigger. So it, it all seemed to be working. Yeah, uh, I was going to say... The, it also helps that you recorded probably one of the most uh, the pinnacle punk record. I mean, the record is uh, pretty damn flawless and kind of sets Thank the standard you. in the bar, you know. Um, Thank you. I, I wanted it to be faster yeah. than everybody else. I wanted it to be a little better, a little different. Yeah. I wanted us not to be doing the same damn thing everybody else was doing. Right. Yeah, stylistically, it's completely different than everybody else. I mean... So I was really content with it, with yeah. the fact that, and the, the way of it having been going. And, uh, and as I said before, I, we were totally content with the idea of us getting on Saturday Night Live, right. you know, one of the most popular television shows in, in the world at that point. And it, yeah. was, it was a big help. That was pretty amazing, too, uh, especially since uh, clearly the whole place got trashed. <laughs> right. right. Everything was, was different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
another one, Wes? <laughs> no, I was just kind of... <laughs> You're just fascinated, right? I mean, yeah, like, I'm just... Uh, like, it's cool. it's not, not often you get to talk to somebody who started everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. I mean, this is, like I feel like what, you know, people... It's people like you, Lee, that, that have really paved the way for people like me and Don, who, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if, if it wasn't for what you guys did. So tell me a little bit about what do you feel like, uh, what, what's kept you going and doing this for so long? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the same reason like to be doing it. Get into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, charter of the, uh, the nuances is uh, we were able to get that taken care of, and uh, it's very cool. Yeah. So uh, what about some of the other projects you did before uh, Fear? You, you were on a lot of other, or had a lot of other musical experience, right? I mean, that was another thing that uh, yeah. made you guys stand out. You guys all had uh, previous skills <laughs> as far as musicians. I had, uh, there was a band called Sweet Dave and Chain in Philadelphia yeah. that I was the singer in and harmonica player. And uh, then we were in New York and uh, I had been the major, uh, the main singer as, as we began to get our idea for this. But uh, as we, as we put the, uh, all the songs that, that we were coming out with, we were having a brand new system of, of tunes right. to release. You know, all the all the ones that were going to be uh, recorded by us were also going to be uh, performed for the audiences in every city we went to. Right. And uh, so we, we were busy at, at playing all of our all of our shows with all of those all those tunes and those songs were made for fear or they were made for the other band and then used for fear no they were they were made for fear okay i don't care about you right all all the songs that we wrote for fear and punk rock were right. being played by us together at, at that at that time so uh out of curiosity i do have to ask um so how do you feel uh decline of western civilization played into your your uh, growing um, uh, you know fame or whatever you want to call it uh, more people knew about you through that movie uh, what was that experience like or uh, what um, how do you feel that played into your your success oh, the the, uh, the Penelope Spears movie the, yeah yeah yep I I think that that was where a lot of people discovered the fact that there was this punk rock thing being introduced mm. and being played we began to tour and play that. Yeah. But that's pretty much what, what we were doing as, as we put, uh, as we put fear together. Yeah. It was, it was not, um, the old school of, uh, it was, it was the, the new, the nouveau punk rock. Right. It was, uh, what, what the, Sex Pistols were doing what we were doing a little faster than they were doing it. 
Right, right. And uh, and we were sticking to it. Yeah. And we were we were beginning to play shows around the country. That yeah. way, going to New York and to Philadelphia, my hometown. Yeah. And then uh, to some places in the South, and uh, especially around Los Angeles. Yeah. We we were playing at uh, Brendan Mullins Club. The uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm trying to remember the name. Do you uh, do you remember uh, recording or being in a movie called Nightmares? Vaguely. Yeah. Uh, what What film was that? So, Nightmares is a uh, it's an anthology horror movie, and you play the killer in the first part, uh, who jumps out of the car at the end to uh, gun down a woman, and then you get shot. <laughs> It, uh, it also starred Emilio Estevez as a punk rocker in an arcade uh, playing a video game that comes to life and he has to fight. But you were oh. the killer in the very first part. And then that part starts with uh, him listening to Fear. <laughs> so oh. I thought that was interesting that the director yeah, cool. had you in the first scene and then it, it starts the next you know part of the movie with Fear music. But I didn't know if you remembered that one, Nightmares. Yes. I do. Yeah. Yeah, and of it course. It was a, a fertile time. Yeah. And uh, punk rock was just being born as yeah. for as for like being music in clubs. Yeah. And some clubs uh, uh, adapting it after, uh, well, like the, the club in San Francisco, that especially, uh, they they adopted it. Are you talking about Gil- Gilman? No, I'm talking about the... Uh, Shit. The venue that uh, was it the same club you shot decline in? What what club was that? Um, let's see. I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the, the the club with the uh, club owner that everybody was giving raspberries to? And uh, he was like the main club owner on the punk rock scene to start with, and his club too. And he was like the main purchaser of musical talent. In San Francisco at the time. Uh, this says it was uh, filmed at the Cedar Theater in San Francisco. Well, we, played, we played lots of places like that. Yeah, but there yeah. was one place where that was like the main punk rock place and managed by the main punk rock guy. Who is that? Mm-hmm. The main popular promoter in punk rock in San Francisco. This says uh, the first thing that comes up is called Sound of Music. No. Or... <laughs> Um, says, uh... I used to drive to San Francisco and play for him all the time. We played in San Francisco semi-regularly. And, uh, we would play all the, all the fear stuff. Only the fear stuff. Was it the Mabuhe Gardens? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who booked the Mabuhe Gardens? He was the, the guy. Yeah, let's see who that was. Looks like, uh, was that the Ness? Or Eddie. So these are earlier. Okay, so it says uh, Jerry Paulson. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Who was the main famous guy in right. San Francisco for booking punk rock? He's only one. Dirk Dirksen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he at the Mabuhe or this other club that, that maybe that was the Mabuhe. Yeah. Was the, the first guy to book us 
and then booked us regularly after that we come out yeah. there and play for good crowds it was very cool so are you guys on uh, are you going to be on is, is this show in St. Louis that you're doing next this weekend is this um, are you on a tour or anything or are you doing any shows after this or is this just kind of a one-off coming to St. Louis and heading home we're, we're, we took shows that uh, people were interested in at this point, not necessarily in a, in a tour environment, but we just wanted to get places to play that we had either played before and are familiar with or had confidence in uh, you know, being able to draw the crowd. So uh, Dirksen's Club was definitely one of them. I think we'll be, we'll be playing up there if we haven't got it booked yet. And then we've, we've also got shows in, uh, I think, uh, Philadelphia, New York, Okay. Chicago. Uh, I forget where else. Colorado, I think. Colorado, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember uh, recording a commercial for KC in St. Louis in 85? It was around the more beer era, and they had a commercial. I don't remember if it was for Budweiser or if it was for just KC, but you had a commercial you did here. <laughs> did it? Did it uh, stick around and get played for a while? Uh, yeah, I actually think they uh, ran it for a while. I wonder if I could pull it up here and see if you remember it. <laughs> sure. They should I run it now. They should up. They should run it now with the show coming up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if I can find it here. There was a... Uh... Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and uh, continue talking. I'll see if I can find this and play it. <laughs> <laughs> Do, uh, Lee, do you have... Uh, like, is there... Aside from San Francisco, is there a place um, here, you know, anywhere in the U.S. or or even in the world, a place that you love playing the most or a favorite spot? Oh, there are some places in Philadelphia where Sweet Stave and Chain, the blues band that I had, uh, played the second fret. Oh, okay. And that was, uh, that was uh, a pretty folk music oriented and... Uh, off the beaten path, music-oriented uh, kind of place, and that was very cool. And then there were, uh, it was the Electric Factory, and that's where the Sweet State and Chain, the blues band that I had, uh, found itself a home to play uh, quite often. But then as this thing happened, it did change hands a bit, and we wound up playing uh, more punk rock-style shows because of the bands involved at uh, the Electric Factory and at the at the Second Fret and, and other places in Philadelphia. And then in New York, too, uh, on, uh, where the hell was it? There was a place in Midtown that was, that uh, would have this kind of music. So we wound up playing there quite a bit. And it was just close to Philadelphia. So, so do you have... Do you have any new music uh, coming up uh, since it's been a while since American Beer came out? Right. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. How's that going? How's the, how do you like being in the studio again? Oh, well, we're not actively recording our record at, at the moment, but uh, we will be soon. Okay. And we're always looking for which studio would be a little bit better than the last one or Right. You know, better than all of them. <laughs> just, 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 what, we, what we can find, what's out there. 
Do you, do you think you'll ever stop doing this? Well, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, I, I love playing it. It's, it's crazy, and it really hits home to people. And uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I look forward to continue doing it. You're always welcome in St. Louis. We've been we've been really promoting the show hard, and I think we're going to have a good crowd that, out for you on Saturday night. Yeah, Great. looking forward to that. It's going to be an honor to share the stage with you. Absolutely. Um, and I'm with you guys, man. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, we're beyond stoked. I think I can speak for both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm uh, when Don asked me if I wanted to play the show, it was like a no-brainer. So <laughs> I was so excited. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and seeing you at um, on Friday night at John, Don's record shop as well. Very cool, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it too. Awesome. Well, that's pretty much everything I've got. Don, anything else you wanted to share? Uh, if I wanted to ask anything else or uh, of Lee, my big thing would be, uh, how, what do you feel about, do you remember uh, your uh, the record you recorded with Dave Mustaine, uh, MD45? Yes. Because I love that record, <laughs> and uh, I listen to it all the time, and I just, you know, wonder if it was a fond memory for you, if it was... Yes, it, it, it is, and uh, I appreciate Dave for realizing what it was that I was trying to do myself, and uh, in his um, wanting to incorporate it in his band, yeah. and have me on his album, that was... a. Uh, uh, you know, that was a big statement. Yeah, so that was basically Megadeth with Lee Ving singing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought it was it was a bit different than what they would normally do. Sure, sure, yeah. And, and of course, I think they realized that as well. Right. But uh, it was it was like uh, within, within years of having changed what I had been doing yeah. really well, you know, jazz and, uh, and uh, rock music uh, for different types of shows and all that and then when we got to the you know seeing the slam dance and what that looked like we of course wanted to do that and have that be what, what they did at, yep. at shows that we played and that took a minute to get going but uh, they seemed to fall in line really quickly <laughs> it was cool well the only thing I want to say is uh, thank you Lee um, and I look forward to Friday uh, this Friday at uh, the record space, we're doing the meet and greet. Um, yes. And then um, Saturday, it'll be all three of our bands playing at Red Flag. Um, so yeah, I just you know all I have to say is I hope everybody comes out and has a good time. Me too. Me we're too. gonna put Absolutely. on a great show. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> yes. All of us. We want to. All of us very much so. And uh, thank you for having me on this interview. You guys are great. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Yep. And I uh, look forward to playing that show. That would be great. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, thank Pleasure's, you. Pleasure is mine. Thank yep. you. Have a great Have night. Good. Best to you guys. Thank you for having me. You too. Yep. All right. See you on the weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep. See you this weekend. Take care, you guys. Yep. You're listening to no radio station called KC, KC95 in St. Louis. If I were you, you might come down with something you'll never get rid of. And you know what? You get something in the air that you can't get rid of. Something in your ear, you know what I mean? And it won't be music, because this station will play nothing but That should be called kick, not KC95.
doesn't listen to KC95. Can I say that on TV? 